everyone, welcome to Integrated Awakenings. It's me, Maria, and today we are talking about how to learn anything from spirit and how to be wondrously creative and productive with your intuition. Yes, hi, hello. Good morning. Okay, so people usually are surprised with me learning how to do new things or figuring out how to do certain things, you know, from certain lineages, practices, um, even like holistic medicine. And I would just know that that's what's true or that's how things happen. And then if you double check it on the internet, it's true. Or if it's like a specific kind of practice, it just works. And sometimes I chalk it up to, oh, it was a dream download or I just I just felt it. Right. But I feel like there's also a technique a open, curious technique, inquiry, contemplation. I feel like contemplation is one of my favorite things. So basically, meditation is not always emptiness. Sometimes you hold a question open and you're almost like a yawning open cup and you're allowing to be fed. You're allowing life to meet you as you hold and magnetize, polarize that question. Right, And just as you magnetize that question, what wants to be filled by it comes to you. right? So I want to explore that. I want to explain that so that you could learn a lot. You could learn directly from source. Because I feel like a lot of folks, when they see, when they get interested in spirituality, they look up techniques, they look up uh, self-practices, and they always feel like it's gatekept by these people who, for example, own a modality, or for example, let's say angels, like working with angels. Um, so some people feel like, oh, I need to pay this much from this like foreign teacher just so that I have access to Archangel Azrael or Metatron, right? And I, and I get that. I get the validity of that because those teachers probably worked hard to make Metatron very available. But <laughs> the spiritista in me is also like, but Metatron's always available, right? If you always have this sincere heart to learn and work with something, right? If the student's ready, the teacher will appear, right? And the thing is, when we really let go of how we think we're going to learn something, when we let go of needing to control or like isolate how something's going to happen, the faster it can actually come to you. Now, I know this sounds like a manifestation thing, but I actually want to say that it's really also a learning thing. Yeah, because I feel like when you're genuine about meeting something okay let me give you a few other examples so for example music piano playing songwriting uh cooking right a lot of people uh, let's say watercolor painting some people let's not say all people right will be like oh maybe i need to go to school for that oh i need to find a teacher or i need to pay to you know I need I need someone to explain to me how all the techniques of watercoloring happens for me to pick up a watercoloring brush. You see what I mean? Um, internally, we already have a lot of baked assumptions of how you learn something, right? But if you take a kid or you take someone who's just obsessive about something, they will just go at the material without needing to, say, interface with a canon, Meaning you can play with watercolors without looking up techniques. You can play with watercolors without watching YouTube videos. You could, for example, this is like, sorry, this is like one of my favorite examples. The way locking was invented was how the early uh, lockers reacted to funk music, right? And there would be new students who would study the way they move, so that they look like their lockers, so that they look, quote-unquote, funky, you know, or a black man kind of groove, right? But the thing is that these lockers invented locking, reacting to funk music, right? So when you're like a new student, maybe you're like learning the fundamentals, just like you're learning your ABCs, right? 
But technically, for you to actually lock, you can't copy me. You need to react to funk music. It needs to be not necessarily original, but your reaction and relation to the music needs to be sincere. Like the reaction of you suddenly needing to dance becomes sincere, right? And then suddenly you're like, oh, now I'm, you know, now I get it. Now I understand the groove, right? So I need this, this visceral, direct relationship with wisdom and knowledge and truth and the way things are. That's kind of what I'm encouraging people. Like, stop, like think about that locking student who's just studying the ropes, right? I feel like Rumi also talks about this. He has this poem where he's like, um, throw away all of your books. You know, you need to learn about God directly, right? You know, stop reading the scriptures, right? He He has this... It was specifically throw all of your books in the fountain. <laughs> and it was specifically to a guy who always lugged around his books, which was a younger version of him. And it was really nice because it was, it was his future best friend who told them that. Dang, his, the name of his best friend's like escaping me right now. But anyway. Oh, dang. Shams. There you go. His name is Shams. I love them. They're like a really nice, um, a true friend walking someone through awakening and spirituality with each other anyway so if people haven't interfaced with the work of Rumi I highly encourage it but (laughs) I like how I'm having atmospheric sounds for this episode anyway so when you're learning something the body of wisdom of what you're trying to learn how you're wanting to be already exists on the etheric, akashic, subtle plane, right? So if you think about it, um, for example, quantum mechanics, maybe you want to learn from quantum mechanics itself, maybe even fucking Einstein or something, right? You don't need to necessarily buy a book, right? So we kind of need to get rid of the idea that the way to learn things is through route memorization, or through, say, sorry, tradition, yeah? Or say through... Because the thing is, if you learn via route or via how tradition is already teaching it, you're going to turn out like everybody else. You see what I mean? Your, your, the way you view the thing, right, is going to be just like everybody else. I mean, if you're a very obedient good boy... <laughs> And the thing is, if you're going to churn out the same body of wisdom in exactly the same way, is it really wise? You see what I mean? There's no aliveness with meeting with it. And people will be like, oh, Maria, I'm just watercolor painting. Why do I need to innovate? Or, or why do I need to have like a primal, visceral response or relating to it? Like, who cares, right? But the thing is, the thing is, it's like having a lover and there's like a screen in between you, right? Or it's like um, it's like having a lover and then you're like they're like a hundred feet away and you have to play past the message in between just to meet the lover, right? Uh, one of the my favorite metaphors for wisdom is union, right? When you become dance itself, you're not studying dance anymore. You are dance. You know, there's a sublimation, there's, there's union that's happening with the two of you such that you're inside of the body of wisdom. You see what I mean? So, for example, if you're trying to learn, say, Tantra, you're trying to learn a specific branch of yoga, you're trying to learn, say, shamanism, I understand if you need to go to a school or you feel really called to like a certain lineage or a certain teacher, but, but, talk to shamanism itself. And if the spirit moves <laughs> through the grace, it will initiate you directly. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying that life is so infinite that of course it will meet you should you want it. And I've had people, so for example, example, 
Um, I'm a Seraphim Blueprint practitioner, so I'm a level 6. But ever since I was level 4, I already felt like I was a level 6. <laughs> like, I didn't need to go to the class because the moment my uh, the fourth class came online. So for people who are unfamiliar with Seraphim Blueprint, it's basically like a energy modality where you talk, uh, you channel certain energies from the seraphs, which is like a high order of angels. Okay, so when I got Seraphim Blueprint 4, <laughs> Seraph would directly talk to me. <laughs> like it would creep me the fuck out. Because <laughs> when I would invoke him, like my furniture would move. Okay? And I wouldn't be able to sleep when I would invoke his energy like really strongly. Because he's like, okay, let's go, right? There's just a lot of energy streaming through my body. It was like, it's like worse than caffeine. But anyway... When I had such a direct relationship with him, I didn't care for an SB5 class or like a, what what do you call those? Those mixture classes where you channel different energies. I'm like, bro, I'm talking to the, I'm talking to the main guy. I'm talking to the dealer. Like, I'm talking to Seraph. Like, you don't need to tell me what's he about, right? And I feel the same way with people who, work with specific deities or even for example really resonate with christ or the holy spirit basically having really a personal relationship with god right and i know that some people have like their own beef with their religious orders or like how things are done but how do i say this even i had like beef with like roman catholicism and how anti-queer they are but I found it so surprising that Mary likes me. <laughs> and when I say that, it's really... How do you say this? When I Okay, I want to explain how, how these energies can like you. The way spirit works, or the way the etheric realm works, is that if your goals, if your visions, if your dedication, if your commitment is the same as that entity, that entity is technically aligned with you likes you wants to work with you right you know how some people like invoke venus because they want to be prettier but the reverse can also work you're you love prettiness you know you love venusian stuff so venus likes you it goes the other way around that's what i'm saying so for example um with the mary thing i guess i was just big on compassion right I was very big on compassion and invoking my heart. And then bang, it's like nuclear heart chakra, Mother Mary shit, right? (laughs) She's like, I'll get you, right? And this is kind of also the same logic of why Shiva also works with me. Because in a Scorpio level, in a rising in Scorpio, um, I really, really respect death. I really respect destruction. I really respect its initiatory quality. And I found that the way I was praying for people, helping them through destruction and also accepting all the shameful parts, all the dark parts, she was like, dang, bitch. <laughs> she, <laughs> she was like, oh, we're kind of on the same page, right? We're kind of on the same page and that's why he wants to work with me. So I find it very uh, crazy. <laughs> that I actually don't need to read. It, it's so weird that I don't need to read Shavaism texts or like texts that refer to Shiva or teach Shiva. Or I don't, I don't even feel too called to read any kind of Marian text, right? Because I'm like talking to Mary, right? So what's the point? And for people who are not used to me like talking about this, like literally I would feel... Like, Holy Spirit, water, fire, flames, right? My body heat would change. I would get visions. I can can hear her clearly. Same with Shiva. I would also, like, get a lot of um, dreamwalking portals with him. So, sometimes I'd talk to a devotee. Sometimes I could uh, register him directly, right? So, what I'm trying to say is that um, I feel like a lot this is someone who likes books huh? i like books <laughs> but the thing is the books point to the moon and you can't fall in love with a finger right yeah this is what i'm saying with like the good spiritual books have an energy behind them and i want you sense to sense into the energy 
and download it, not just listen to the text. This is the same thing with teachers, actually. Any kind of skill, not just spirituality. When you're in the room with that, for example, dance teacher, feel into their relationship to dance. Yeah, you could listen to the techniques, yeah. But you're, um, how do I say this? The way, okay, okay. So imagine energy bodies, right? Yeah, your like your soul, your aura and stuff. It has layers and shit. It has rooms and shit, access points. Um, for you to quote unquote know something, right? You. This is why people call it downloads. For you to know something, you kind of need a train or be able to mimic. So a train means when you have like two instruments, right? And they're resonating the same frequency, you can transmit the, the message because of the co-resonance, right? Now, for you to know something, I'm not asking you to save your file locally on your laptop, right? For you to know something, you just need to go to the website where the information is at, right? So I don't, I'm not trying to give you bigger RAM, Right? I'm not trying to uh, make sure you have enough money to download everything. I'm trying to give you Pirate Bay. <laughs> I'm trying to give you Google. Like, I'm trying to give you a way to access stuff universally. Right? And the thing is, people's way of being, like way of being, and not even thinking or like studying, it's the way they are. Right? States of compassion, states of warriorship, states of um, clarity, right? States of fluidity, states of shape shifting. These are all resonances. These are all frequencies. These are all energies. So when you're listening or you're you're trying to learn from someone, you're a training to that energy. You're training your your tool to log into that website. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, for example, you're listening to me, and I've said this in other podcasts as well. I know that you're listening to my voice, but I'm pretty sure a lot of you are also picking up to the energy behind my voice. Like, everything else that I'm pushing through this audio. And when you can shift and kind of, like, absorb and kind of hold that energy, you can do what I'm doing. You see what I mean? And even even some people would say that, I don't understand what you're saying, but I can feel you. So I kind of get it. Yeah? This is kind of why some people want to just meet some of their teachers or just want to be in the same room, be in the right rooms, right? Because it's easier to kind of absorb the information physically, right? So when you have like a physical teacher or someone you admire, right? Yeah, listen to their words. Sure, ask them good questions. But at the same time, copy their way of being. Right, almost like mimic. Learn from learn from the configuration they're doing, and then when you can copy that, you suddenly know it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like a learning by being. <laughs> it's not a learning by doing. It's a learning by being, and what happens is that. Okay, so I want you to try this with something really simple. So maybe something that's like a task. Say, uh, riding a... Well, I'm really going with riding a bike. <laughs> riding a bike, cooking something specific. Copy the way the instructor is being, not just the instructions. Like how they feel or how they... You know, like think of yourself like a method actor, right? Yeah, okay. That's level one. Or like that's like, you know, if I need to structure this, I would say that's level one. Level two would be, I want you to pick a teacher, like a living teacher, uh, that you really like. So some people follow a lot of coaches, right? You follow them on Instagram, you like their newsletters. And the thing is, we're drawn to these people because we also like their energy, their way of being. And I want you to try to connect to them, right? So some people, they make a distance symbol with Reiki. Or an Elviahu pipeline with Seraphim, or any kind of like make you close to me technique, okay? Yeah? Um, with that teacher, right? So, for example, you really like this astrologer, 
and you can't afford their course, right? Um, I also do this even if I buy the course, to be honest. Like, for example, I really like Amara Strand. I bought her Peerless course. But it didn't mean that I did not invoke slash pray that I connect to her directly. Because her energy form, like, informed is like this, like, really, like, this nylon string. Like, it's sobrang tine, sobrang clear. She's like a fucking blade, right? And it's like, I needed to copy slash know how to be that clear and i had to practice attuning to her clarity see see how i'm shifting into it as i'm talking about her it's like so this kind of clarity right so she's she's like this she's like laser focused and the thing is even if i read her techniques which is nice by the way because i can see how she thinks her energy taught me more yeah so if you had any teachers and I'm pretty sure you had a lot. So, for example, your first mentor with, like, tarot, right? Or, like, you're, like, this yoga instructor, I like him, right? Or, you know, thin that chin, I like him. You know, I don't even care if it's, like, something like Tony Robbins, I like him. Lady Gaga, I like her. Right? Beyonce, I like her, right? And the thing is, you could, yes, you could copy Beyonce's moves, but I want you to copy her energy, Right, and you would see how you know this is. Sorry, this is really sounding very Gemini and very clown energy, very um, mimic energy. But, but what I'm trying to say is that allow your energy to stretch, allow your emotional, your energetic, subtle muscle energies to stretch, and try this new configuration. The thing is, you can't be like a perfect copy. So for example, I was doing Amara Strand a while ago. I'm not her. It's impossible. But the pose, it's a pose. So it's like a nylon string pose. It's on my library now. Like if I needed to be that piercing and clear and like single noted, I can shift into it, right? I can use this when I need to be this pointed. You see that? Now, that's kind of, hmm. So that's kind of what I want y'all to do, right? It's a configuration. It's an energy. It's a position. Because sometimes people shift a lot as well, right? You know, like Amara Strand's kind of like always consistently like that. But some people have more like range. Um, Yeah, yeah. And I feel like it will just... You will learn the wisdom from the inside. Yeah, you, you, this is also a way for you to also learn from the wisdom, the motherboard of your body. Like, you know those breadboards they have in circuit, circuit stuff? That's kind of like what your body is. It seals certain transmission points. So, for example, uh, the mental clarity of Amara Strand is somewhere in my head. Yeah, but I also feel like my spine moving forward, right? So there's that's why I say it's a position or a configuration because there's like a body anatomical adjustment to it, right? Uh, I can give you another example. Um, John Wineland, so he has like high emotional body. Like he's one of the most sensitive men I've ever seen, right? Um, wait, let me, let me try to shift it to him. Um, and he kind of talks like this. Okay, his his center is like really deep, uh, and he has this kind of the way he talks is kind of like he's doing an embrace, and he and he his energy is very ocean. It's ocean. It's it's very deep and masculine, but there's also like a very feminine movement around it. He so he almost feels like a cup, right? Like, but a really heavy cup, like a like a stoneware cup that's too heavy to be useful exactly but i i really um i really listened to like a lot of his videos before when i had a hard time feeling my feelings right because i was so shocked that he could make his nervous system this soft he could he could make he could make himself this tender and yet his center was so still solid he could still hold space and yet he could be uh, this attuned, this sensitive to the room that he's holding space for. See what I mean? 
And I thought that this multitasking that he was doing, actually, he explains it in some videos that there's really like a tree trunk energy and then that whole encapsulating energy that he's doing. So he's a somatic practitioner, he's a tantric practitioner. So it's really, you, you're not learning from him if you can't copy his pose. Or it's not even copy, it's, it's if you can't download his pose. Yeah, so I'm encouraging y'all to, if you can feel me, and I know, okay, this is very evident with my elemental podcasts, I shift energy, I shift into the energy of the element as I'm discussing it, right? And I, if you all find one of the things I talk about, so for example, you're very intrigued with the way I did John Wenland, and it's not even John Wineland. Uh, you're intrigued by how I did that water energy, right? And then you're also intrigued, or you're more intrigued with Amara Strand sword energy, yeah? As I'm shifting, as I'm showing you like an assortment, like this buffet of shifts that you could do, notice what your body's craving for. Notice what you're compelled by. Actually, also notice what you're pissed off by. <laughs> Like what you have a lot of biases against. It's just like, oh my god, sensitivity. Like, 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 see, see what you have a reaction with. Yeah. And it's almost like walk a mile in somebody else's shoes and then you'll come to understand and know them. Right. So I, I, I really encourage that if you are compelled, intrigued by a certain person, by a certain transmission, energy, I really want you to investigate and explore what that energy is about and explore it on a transmission basis, right? This this um, being in it kind of basis. So that's how you learn. <laughs> so that's how you learn. That's how you learn stuff from spirit. So level one is something kind of easy to pick up, right? Level two is you're transmitting an energy of a teacher. Okay, so level three is you pick a dead teacher, Right, so like a certain Buddha, right? Uh, you could even do Thinachin because <laughs> technically he died, uh, <laughs> or or you could even do like a deity, right? And I want you to try to embody or shift your energy into that person, into that entity and uh, frequency, right? Um, and for people who get scared, right, and they're like, oh my god, Durga's too crazy. <laughs> Or she was like too intense. Because first time I met him, he was too intense. Um, but if it's too crazy, try to make a container. Like, I'm going to only do this for 10 breaths. Or I'm going to just go apeshit for 5 minutes. Like, I'm going to go full silverback gorilla for 5 minutes. Um, and then stop after 5. It's like a workout. You're not supposed to be doing burpees for 2 hours. <laughs> You're, you're stretching a capacity and a configuration. So it's okay to not hold it for too long. It's like a workout. Um, I also heard Wineland talk about this. Um, being able to hold a pose, you can up the intensity or the duration, right? So for example, the open heart sensitivity, this one, like this, this kind of softness, this kind of tenderness. Um, if you find it hard to be this uh, empathetic, you can either increase how subtle or soft you open up, right? Or you could stay on a lower like um, emanation of it, so something like this, and maybe keep it up for an hour, right? So it's just like it's just like workout design. You either up the capacity. I I mean, as you up the capacity, you up the reps, right? Or you have longer rests, or um, the durations, you play with the durations, right? And when you have more of the range of this, right? You could do different qualities. So killer archetype, compassionate archetype, um, earth energy, right? Um, parking your emotions and being a full sword logic energy. You could do all of that when the situation needs it, right? You become more multi-dimensional all of your capacities are have come on because you're no longer like pegged into always 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 being a certain way 
right? You actually meet a situation as the situation needs it or as you intended it to, right? Rather than, you know, there was no design, there was no thought, there was no consciousness to it, right? Now, I want to... uh, So I said that this is like how you learn, right? So this is how I pick up techniques from dead masters, it's basically you you pick up so for example i'm into learning medicinal cooking right and i might not find the best resources for philippine botanical books so i'm like okay let me channel like the original herbalists right let me learn directly from them how they talk to plants how they their their tongue sensitivity with things and as I sit with them, I would have dreams of them, right? <laughs> Jiro dreams of sushi. Um, I would sit with them, right? And then when I come to my uh, food rack, right? I act like them, right? I, I trust, I lean into their wisdom and I allow myself to learn from them. So it's almost like I'm hanging back and they're doing me a demonstration. <laughs> I'm channeling. So I'm like watching their demonstration of how they perceive Philippine herbs. See what I mean? And so it's very, um, it's very, it's almost like I want you to learn from the Akashic Library. So Akashic, for people who don't know the Akashic Library, it's basically where all like existence is stored, (laughs) all memory, all lifetimes, all timelines, right? So it's almost like source material all the time direct source all the time there's no secondhand source there's no third source there's no sieves or filters in between just just learn directly right so anything from like uh cauldron cultivation dantian cultivation to um homesteading right communicating with animals if you really want to learn these techniques i understand that you can buy a course of udemy you can search YouTube, and that's great. I like it. But sometimes the teacher or the crucible, the container that you're learning from, isn't as clean, right? There's like, um, there's a little bit of noise, or there's like discrepancies, or the way they're teaching you is not landing well, right? So this is why I'm like offering you the library. <laughs> I'm offering everybody the library. Um, now, I wanted to go to talk about productivity so and creativity with spirit like collaborating with spirit okay i feel like i know a lot of intuitives just because of the nature of who i am and my work um but i feel like people think that intuition only happens on an emotional level right like i feel like this is what this person's feeling that's like what intuition is or i feel like i'm supposed to do this right um, people don't really think it's like a creative muscle. Like it's a productive muscle. Maybe it's productive in terms of saving time, but not that it could create things. So I wanted to share that. So for example, I'm a game designer. Like I, I design tabletop indie TTRPGs. And I remember my mentor doing this with me before. And I'm like, how do you find the art direction or the photos or how do you even know what you're going to write about and they're like oh you just ask spirit <laughs> right literally they're like okay go to unsplash go to page seven i was like oh yeah that's the picture i'm looking for right everything's expedited or like you do a spread of okay what's the theme like what's the theme of the game i'm doing okay what if i explore this kind of configuration oh it's not gonna work or what if I collaborate with this person? Mm, not going to work, right? So there's this involvement of spirit early on in the plan. Yeah, so that more often than not, you can actually finish well, right? And I'm not saying this is foolproof because sometimes you have the free will of your collaborators who might, you know, give up on the project earlier, have their own shit. But... Um, working with spirit, like intuitively, when you're creating stuff, not only helps you find stock photos faster, right? Um, helps you find the tone faster, helps you um, isolate the topics faster. Um, it's also, how do I say this? 
it also makes you really humble. Uh, one of the things I did with one of my mentors is that I surrendered my will to the divine will. I also did this thing where I kind of surrendered my word to the divine word. Yeah, so it's like, you know how sometimes your persona, right? Your your personal ego kind of wants to say something in this specific way. You have a preference with how things go. Even that, like surrendering your preferences, right? You want to say something a certain way, right? But, you know, for example, your reader, the client, or you're, you're an artist, the client, that's not what they need. That's not what they need, right? And it kind of hurts your ego because your ego wants to do something else, right? Your, your, your mental models had like a faulty program and assumed that something else was better. Assumed that it was going to be this way or that. There's no living aliveness with the moment of what's actually needed, yeah? So the thing is that um, living like this means that I would have preferences. So for example, I'd be like, I want to watch that concert. And I'd check with Spirit. And Spirit would be like, you're probably going to be somewhere else. Right? Like, based on my values, based on, like, my commitments, based on what I offered to Source, right? My best case scenario will be I'm not at that concert. Yeah? And it's very humbling because... I know that I won't feel aligned even if I manage to force myself to go to that concert. See what I mean? And so and so a lot of like my delays, a lot of my uh, a lot of the things that would not push through or kind of like get jangled in a different way cuz I preferred it. You know, you know my ego could prefer it to go a certain way. It's not going to happen. <laughs> There's like a more magical, more attuned, more cyclical, um, more generous way for things to happen. And you kind of need to be open enough to see the redirection, right? And that's why I feel, especially with people who have such strong connection with their intuition, with a source already, if you don't follow through, it feels sucky, right? (laughs) It's like there's less juice. There's like less fuel in your car. So I guess that's, that's what I'm trying to say, that the infinite universal creativity can flow through you when you can park your personal ego preferences of what you think should flow through you. See what I mean? Like, for example, um, for example I'm very comfortable with dancing because I've been a dance, dancer for a long time. But it seems like on a universe level... The universe likes rewarding me for being a writer. <laughs> they like me teaching. They like me designing games. They like me being in this course. Because it feels like in the everyday world now, people consider ideas and thoughts more than somatic positions, right? More than the way your body is, okay? And so the spirit, so spirit redirects me career-wise. <laughs> Like, I still dance, but there's, you know, what's rewarded by spirit or what's supported by spirit effortless, effortlessly, right, is something else. So I would even say that a lot of my game design work, yeah, it was through me. I collaborated with spirit, but at the same time, a lot of those ideas are more of, like, my morbid curiosity slash... Um, Really, like, uh, almost like a hunting with the divine. You're, like, stalking. For me, it feels like I'm stalking prey, like an energy or, like, a fish, right, that I'm trying to fish. And I'm just going to ride it. I'm just going to catch it, right? So imagine, um, imagine needing to, like, plant an apple tree and cultivate the apple tree and wait until your apples come, right? Versus the whole forest is your garden, and you're just a forager, yeah? And then you just walk around and see, oh, this dalandan is ripe. Oh, there's mushrooms today. Or, oh, it's the season for this kind of plum, right? And then I'm picking it up. So when you're less obsessed with that one apple tree, your reaping will become much bigger. <laughs> your life can become so much more uh, interesting or abundant, right? Because... 
you're allowing what wants to come forth, what wants to fall, happen. I mean, for people who've read Big Magic, right? Uh, the Elizabeth Gilbert book. Ideas want to be born. You just open your mouth. <laughs> you just kind of like, eh. <laughs> you, you lay yourself open and see what wants to come through. And for people who haven't read the book, okay? So for example, an idea for a script arrives for you. And you didn't finish it, right? The idea kind of runs away from you. And then suddenly somebody else publishes the same idea. Because that mental, emotional thought form, vuelo, momentum, um, essence, configuration, wanted to manifest, wanted to exist, right? That's what I'm trying to say about being a steward of a forest or being like that forager archetype, something wants to already happen, right? And they just need human hands to kind of finish. You, you see, you hear from artists say that some of their best songs came to them complete, right? And for people who are like, Maria, I kind of want to make stuff to do. I'm like, okay, let me throw a wrench at that idea. What if you from a different timeline finished it, just wasn't able to go to publishing, just didn't finish it, and they gave it to you, like, as a gift. So, I know that some people are like, but I didn't author it, I want to feel like I authored it. I'm like, no, bro, sometimes you did it, it's just from a different timeline. <laughs> it feels familiar, right? The work feels like a, like a shitload of deja vu. So, the thing is, um, because of logistics because of logistics sometimes things don't come to term you know it's like a baby term right you you get pregnant you baby grows in your belly but they don't come to term like they you know they don't finish well right and thus you have a lot of these like waiting babies in the sky <laughs> or you know fruits that become seeds that need soil to be planted or like are trees that are kind of grasping for life and they just need the right gardener to just you know breathe breathe new life into them yeah so what i'm trying to encourage with people is that your creativity yes is a wellspring of inspiration from you yes i acknowledge it i acknowledge the sovereign part of your being that engages with ideas and shapes things but at the same time the material, the soil, the, the fruits, the, the living architecture, momentum of thoughts that want to be screenplays and shit. That's not you. <laughs> That's not all of you. Okay? And I feel like this is why when somebody tells me, oh, I've had this book for years, right? Or I always feel like I'm supposed to write this poem. Or... um. I always, like, when I was a kid, I always knew I was going to make this thing, right? Um, as a practitioner, when, when you say that, what I feel is that that energy form really likes you and that the benefit of you making that work is so monumental that it didn't leave, <laughs> then leave so so for example for other people what i've seen is that for example the book they're writing is gonna rectify a lot of soul karma for their other lives because they're channeling another life right or a lot of their soul fragments are going to be recalled back into themselves as they write the work because, you know, essences of the lessons of those different aspects of that person comes back to them as papuntang, as you get to the end of the book. Like, um, for example, uh, prodigal son misses his father, um, lost his magic, needs to come to terms, come to terms, right? You know, rectify energies, but also be birthed, right? Concerns, be born as a man, right? And the person writing this book can be actually have a deficient masculine energy, right? And I know that some people can be like, oh, that was just union projection. Sure, yeah. 
but this could also be karmic. This could also be... Um, I, I, I want to say ceremonial, but I could really feel that spirit wants me to say karmic. Like, it's karmic. Like, it's easier to resolve the lesson, the momentum, if you just do it. Right? If you just fucking write the book. <laughs> if you let, let the energy finish as it should. It's almost like giving justice to what should happen. Right? So when I have clients who are frustrated artists or who have like these books they don't publish or they do they don't share, they don't print, or they have these um how do I say this? Like these repressed urges to make a certain thing. I'm kinda I always flag that. <laughs> I always flag that as hey spirit, um is that is that gonna fix their soul? <laughs> Is that going to feed their soul in a level that they don't understand yet? (laughs) And I need to force them and goad them to doing it? (laughs) But yeah, so I do want people to understand that when we make things, I feel like people are so used to the extractive model of capitalism, which is when I, you know, give birth to a thing, I'm going to feel shittier after. Like, I'm going to be so emptied. I'm going to be like a, a stressed mom, right? Um, And the thing is that when you forage these almost done babies or you heal this tree that's like almost, you know, almost back to its health, it didn't necessarily strain your body, right? It was already one, outside of your body, and two, sometimes it's like a full fruit. You barely did anything. (laughs) You know, there's this abundance, there's this uh, options. Of how things come uh, and I really want people to I feel like some people always buy into the idea that it's hard to be an artist because you're not paid blah 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 and it's really like a failure of creativity and imagination to think that's true right because if infinity is real right if everything is existing in some fucking timeline some fucking time stream right your guides your guardian angels your god you know you could literally ask them um could you give me the project that would help me in my next phase of life so not necessarily money right help me in my next phase of life like what i'm shifting into how can i best be supported and then you just wait long enough to be surprised, right? And the thing is, there's that assumption that everything already exists. Yeah? It's already there. <laughs> it's, it's already what you want to make already exists. It, okay, I also kind of want to throw this idea out of like, for example, you're obsessed with a certain idea, a certain concept. The fact that you can think about it means that it exists. It exists in the firmament, in the liminal space. It, it's there. It's there. You know how like some people, they'll talk about something and they'll be like, it's so vivid. There's so many details. They know every plot point. Um, they know exactly how it's going to happen, right? It's very much, I would say to some people who are like very sensitive, I would even say that already exists actually. That's kind of the logic of some power places, some liminal spaces. Uh, I okay. Let me let me properly explain this. So, if you have strong Pisces placements, you have strong Neptunian energies. Um, dream spaces, liminal spaces, these these amorphous in between spaces for us is very accessible. Um, so we can see, sense them better. These daydream worlds, right? Um, and we can make them. We can make them. And this is what I mean by it can be very detailed. So for example, um, I don't know if I should share it on this one. Well, guys, should I share it? Yeah, no. Mm, okay. Only partially. Okay, so um, so I have these uh, pl- uh, lobbies, right? I have these lobbies, these meeting areas, you talk to any shaman, they always have like a series of power places. They'll say, oh, this tree, this hut, right? Or this lake, 
And it's like every time they return to that lake, there's new details. Sometimes the lake even changes, especially if there's like a lot of internal changes, right? So I would have a lobby where it's like a public area and I meet a bunch of spirits, right? And the lobby, like right now, as I'm feeling into it, feels like those Macau Venetian hotel kind of things, like these vaulted ceilings. Uh, and you know these these tiles that are like marbled and checkered and stuff, and it feels like it has a lot of space, so that when I meet other um, entities, energies, there's like a lot of space. There's no, there's no. You're, they're not trying to invade my space. There's, it feels like a public forum, and there's like a lot of corridors so that people can flow in and out in the best way possible. So these spaces. Exist etherically. They're like little highways. There's like a, um, there's like subtle cities over us, rooms of rooms and doors to certain things and energies and intentions, and some of them don't need to be physical. Um, some of their functions uh, are concerned with the liminal only, right? That's why they don't bother being an actual physical place. Yeah, see what I mean. So when we daydream, right? When we daydream, when people have like strong Pisces placements, <laughs> you don't have to be a Pisces to be able to do this. But I'm just saying that for those people, um, it's very important for them to have these places. Uh, this is why they're very called towards the arts. Um, they they have almost like an appetite towards like the poetic and the liminal. Because a part of their nature can only be expanded, unfurled. They can only like fully have all of their limbs, all of their capacities, like unpacked, almost like yeah, right. Only there, only there, because there's like cosmic stuff on them, and they need to actually have a place to let it hang out. You know, <laughs> let it all hang out. Yeah. So why I'm explaining Neptunian dream spaces to you is because. When you're obsessing over an idea, or you see this idea, and it's almost there, it's like it's so complete, it's so detailed. I actually want to argue that it already exists. It just exists in the liminal, and I'm not saying liminal meaning half here, half not. No, I mean like, you know that feeling when you're going to sleep and you're like half awake, but you're also half asleep, and you can kind of see the window, but you also can't, and you're kind of conscious, kind of lucid, kind of not. You're in that space. You're in that, that space. So I feel like when people say, I'm just trying to make sure that when people say liminal, sometimes they have a negative connotation to it. Yeah, meaning um, that it's not real or that it's not fully there. When I say liminal, you know when you have those caramel macchiatos. (laughs) <laughs> or you have those matcha coffee drinks, right? There's that balayage, there's that umber, umber part where it's smudging together, right? You're in the smudge. You're in the smudge. It's not less real. It's not hypothetical. It's, it's there. It's there in the gradient portion. It's, it's in the gradient, okay? And the thing is, um, when these ideas... Uh, are just having a hard time grounding, having a hard time taking that last step to be manifest. I feel like it's because I just, I also want to throw another wrench. (laughs) I feel like these ideas, these dream ideas, right? They have different ways of becoming. So, for example... You can have like a concept idea. Let's say uh, 80s It Girl. Like it's a, it's, it's a, think of like a children's, oh, no, it's not a children's party, but like, an, like a Halloween themed party. Yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> you could have like a peg, like, oh, dress up as memes, right? Or dress up as ghosts or dress up as 90s idols or, you know, pop icons. And then some people will have like different variations of it. People can cosplay literally the same character and there will be different expressions of it, right? So this dream idea, when it wants to be made manifest and physical through you, 
that those little iterations that you do, you know, so for example, you're cosplaying Venti. <laughs> you're cosplaying Venti from, damn it, what is the name of that game? Oh, gosh. I find it so funny, the things that choose... Okay, guys, this is just a sidetrack, but when I don't remember a name of something, I know that its real name is probably something else. <laughs> yeah, because I, I, cause when, I, when I talk to people, and for example, their name doesn't land, I feel like it's because their name might not fit them. <laughs> Oh, Genshin Impact. There we go. I remembered it. <laughs> so it takes me a while because I always have like spirit guides that I assign to like help me remember stuff. So when so when there's a delay, I know that that's like the not. It's not. So Venti is very much Venti, but but anyway, okay. Anyway, that's just like some some like side notes. Um, where was I going with this? If you're cosplaying Venti from Genshin Impact, okay. Wait, just for fun. I think Genshin Impact's real name is something like Cosmolasia. Like, it has like a Q and a C sound, and it's very like rounded and galactic, right? Like, of course, it's not English anymore, right? It's, it's not. Maybe that's the Chinese name. I need to look that up. <laughs> I'm gonna Google that later. Um, but anyway, um, if you cosplay Venti, right, you're going to make him fit your outfit, your body type, um, the temperature of the weather of where you live, uh, how you're feeling that day, uh, your intentions for dressing up as him, even maybe like a little bit of your style preferences. Yeah. So I would have I would get ideas, right, downloads of like certain things that want to be existing through me. And I can tell, I can tell it's a collaboration because it's like, I can clearly feel that y'all going with yellow, right? But I'm like, can you put some orange trimmings, right? Can you, I'm like, mm, can you, ah, uh, the vessel of how a Maria would do it, right? Um, the universe is interested in seeing that. The universe is interested with how you form the clay that it gives you and even like these concepts you know they give it to you but you still need to perform it or you still need to make it right and i think that's really what it feels like to be creative and productive alongside life there's always a bit of a two-step of like i'm kind of doing it but also i'm kind of not doing it <laughs> it's kind of mine but it's also kind of not mine yeah, I think about it like as parents with kids, right? Your kids are not yours, but at the same time, like a little bit yours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like they existed through you, but at the same time, they have the life of their own, right? But at the same time, you made a home for them. Yeah, so that's kind of like what um, any kind of project that exists through you is, or even like certain aspects of your life. It's bigger than you. Okay, and I feel like a lot of people, when they tend to hate themselves or they tend to go into this self-improvement loop of like, well, how do I fix me? Self, 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 self. You know, <laughs> there's this self-obsession, right? Oh, it's like, I need to find myself. Where am I, right? Who am I? And and I know I know that's important. Like, to, to a certain degree, you kind of do need to know your axis, right? But if everything's about you, everything's about you, it's kind of hard to do the work that needs to be done because you have such a narrow spectrum, scope of what you feel life is because it only includes you. Yeah. Cause, cause, and that's why it feels shitty. It feels sucky because it's, it's so... The way I picture it is it's almost like there's a huge ecosystem. And instead of like having all of your senses tapped into and connected to everything else, all the senses are kind of like choking itself by reconnecting back into its head, right? And that's why it feels crappy, right? It collapses into itself because 
that kind of networking is not supposed to just tunnel that way. <laughs> it's not supposed to tunnel that way. A self isn't designed to do that. You know, it's like trying to build a tower with a bunch of like daggers, like really pointy daggers. The dagger wasn't designed for that because that's what the mind is. It's like a sword. So if you use your mental constructs constructs to build worlds, it's like making daggers make mountains, right? I mean, you can kind of do it. Like, <laughs> you can kind of, but that's not a point of a sword or a dagger, right? Your mental shit is supposed to cut and organize and structure, but it's not life, yeah? So what I'm offering everybody is that if you... The reason why I'm inviting everybody to be more creative, and when I say, yes, I'm kind of shading that it's a little artistic, but what I also mean just being original and really relating to life, 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 life directly, is because I kind of want you to have times where you kind of just fucking forget about yourself. <laughs> or you're, you kind of melt into something bigger than you. And I feel like, when you have opportunities to do that, a lot of our personality ants, a lot of our narrow-mindedness, a lot of our choking feeling will go away. Because suddenly, it's not about you, right? Every time people are like nervous with like presenting an idea or like um, being criticized for something, I'm like, but is it about you, right? Is it about you or is it about the work? If the work's bigger than you, the purpose is bigger than you, the community is bigger than you, what you're serving for is bigger than you, you wouldn't care. Because you wouldn't be, you would just be a vessel, you would be an emissary, you would be a steward. But it's not about you. Right? It's very, to think this is coming from an Aries. <laughs> and Aries is like, oh my god, Parker Ego. <laughs> and to think we're like the first egoic sign. Yeah? Like, I'm proud of, like, what you could do, like, how you trained and how you, you you know, quote-unquote, made yourself fit for service. But at the same time, the service is bigger than you. It's just math. Literally math. It's, a, it's like there's stuff outside of you, in a, in a way. Do not get ontological philosophical with me that I'm everything, blah, blah, blah. Like, shut up. <laughs> that, that's not what we're going for. We're going for, like, an integrated awakening, meaning you could kind of hold... A persona, but also like merge with everything, but also, you know, know that we're one. Walk in the world. You can still walk in the world. Being realized and shit. <laughs> so yeah, anyway. Uh, so that's it for the episode. And just to summarize again, way to really learn is to lean into transmissions, feel into the energies receive mimic hold configurations train these configurations stay curious and see if you could tap into universal direct concepts right instead of like needing to get second third fourth fifth sixth uh sources of it like get get to the source okay um second part of the podcast is how to be creative with the universe how to use your intuition with just even basic stuff so even planning your day, planning your week, uh, planning your projects, sensing into how to do things, right? And then having the capacity to park your ego long enough to know it's not about you. Yeah? So that you could really have like this harvest, abundance, uh, steward energy. And not feel like everything is like through your body. You know, I think I feel like that's also when people get really stressed when they need to course everything out of their own pussy <laughs> or through their own creatix vortex, right? Everything is coming out of like you, you, like everything's like coming from your bones, and it's very extracting. So yeah, it, 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 that doesn't have to happen all the time. <laughs> it's like imagine like a farmer, and then the only soil you have is your own body. Of course, you're gonna be exhausted. <laughs> Of course, of course, because that's your that's like your only investment or uh, source material. So anyway, yeah, that's it. Um, 
Thank you for listening. If you like this podcast, please share it with your friends, your family, people who you feel like, oh my god, let's get let's get like this. I highly encourage that. If you really want to work with me, consult with me with something specific, uh, feel free to book a session. It's in the description. And yeah, I'm also doing a bunch of classes. Um, it feels like I'm supposed to do uh classes that help people kind of gather through a certain way but it also feels like they're all very different like they're all different frequencies so i'll have online stuff so that i could meet the international people as well i'm really excited for that and but i will also be having i'm doing my best to have physical classes i feel like i'm finally getting a stride for it and yeah i hope because i know that the transmission is also um easier physically for some people especially people who are like very earthy so yeah i wanted yeah i wanted to be able to do that okay all right so i'm gonna get going now and ciao